Hey friends, it's Chrissy. Remember back in the day when our summer plans included a road trip? Well, I want to invite you on our Hello Freedom Summer Road Trip Series, super old school. We were going to take a podcast break this summer, but I really felt the Lord leading me to record some conversations with people who have a story to tell of how God showed up and led them to freedom from eating disorders and other food and body image struggles. Now, full transparency, these will be a little more raw and unedited, so you'll hear more background noise like lawnmowers and dogs barking and birds chirping and air conditioners kicking on and off. I mean, it's summer after all. Um, And when I forget to take myself off of mute and there's dead silence, you're gonna hear that too. All the outtakes will be left in, so get ready for that. Um, But my prayer is that you'll be encouraged and inspired by these brave overcomers and find hope for freedom in your own life. So put on your sunglasses, roll the windows down, and crank up this Hello Freedom summer road trip episode of the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. Welcome to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Finding Balance. I'm your host, Chrissy Kirkman. On this show, we kick it as old school as it gets with how God created us to live free from dieting, food rules, and body shame. Ready to replace the old soundtrack of cultural lies with biblical truth? Let's start with this. You don't have to be trapped by food struggles. You were created to be free. God adores you and wants you to experience the fullness of life without body hatred or bondage to dieting. The time is now to take a step toward the life you were created for. We're so glad you're here with us today. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Grace McCready, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much for being here. I'm glad. Um, So, friends... What you need to know is that this is going to be really, really good. We have tried to record this a week ago and all kinds of sound wave, weird issues were going on. And we all know there's an enemy at work behind the scenes trying to stop good things from happening. But Jesus has won the victory. Like the victory has already been won. And in God's timing, this message will be delivered because we know Someone's going to hear a a story, feel hope, hear a story of freedom, and it's going to resonate. I pray that it resonates with you. And um, and we are here giving God the glory for helping us overcome these struggles. Um, I also want you to know that if you hear some rain, if you hear some thunder, if you hear birds chirping, it is raining in Kansas City, Missouri. And so (laughs) we've got some stuff going on. And just think of it as like, the beautiful, relaxing sounds of ambient rain drops and do drops uh, rather than an annoying uh, background noise. So, Grace, you know, we like to kick this show off with a, not this show off, that sounded funny, to kick off this show with a question, what old school item do you miss from back in the day? I'd have to say Polly Pockets and Barbie dolls, which are two of my favorite toys growing up. Um, completely obsessed with them. I had a Polly Pocket carrying case, um, so many Barbie clothes, all sorts of Barbie dolls and Barbie um, accessories and Polly Pocket oh, yeah. dolls, all that, all that fun girly stuff. The little miniatures, they're so small and the detail was so good on those. It really was, yes. Um, I never got bored of them. 
that's so fun. Polly Pockets. Like, I, my mind wants to sing the Hot Pockets theme. <laughs> Polly Pockets, but I don't think that's the right. I don't remember the jingle for Polly Pockets, but I do remember those, and I loved Barbies, too. And, um, and, and in our pre-production call, I think that we talked about how how Barbies didn't we talk about how Barbies really shape our body image yeah our 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 thoughts on what it's supposed to look like what we should look like and these are unrealistic expectations but they subconsciously are shaping our thoughts and feelings right about our bodies yeah yeah it's it's amazing what what even dolls can do um when we're developing and growing up yeah absolutely I like that I, I don't like that they shape us. I, um, I, I pray that as we are realizing some of the things that have damaged us, that in society we could start, and it's already happening, but start shifting and changing and molding and, and being more inclusive with um, skin color, hair color, body size and shape um, for our dolls that we are giving to our, our children. Yeah, I think that would be um, so beneficial. And I know that that's happening in books and in movies and, and things. So it's, it's slow progress, but it is in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, friends, let me tell you about Grace. So Grace McCready is the author of the book, Real Recovery, What Eating Disorder Recovery Actually Looks Like. And she shares personal stories and scripture to encourage young women over on her blog, Tizzy's Tidbits of Truth. Grace enjoys spending time with her family, hanging out with friends, and watching her favorite TV shows. I'm curious, what are some of your favorites? I love The Middle, which is about a family in Indiana. I don't know if you've heard of it. A lot of people actually haven't, but it's hilarious. Um, I also am like into Shark Tank, which is about just yes. businesses, new businesses, small businesses coming on the show and getting a deal from the sharks. It's honestly one of my favorites. I don't know why, but... I like knowing about new products and new services in the market, and it it keeps me in the know. Um, so that's super fun too. Oh, that's so cool! I was expecting like Gilmore Girls or something. <laughs> I do, I do really like Full House from the eighties, nineties, oh, yeah. um, and been watching through a series called Perfect Strangers, which is oh. also from the eighties that I I've been loving. So talk about throwing it back to the old school. Like I was in the like my 10 year old middle school phase when those were really popular I was hooked Valky yeah Valky oh yeah perfect strangers yeah <laughs> love it oh yeah I think some of our friends are gonna love that too well Grace um can you just start by giving us a little background about kind of your early years um and how and when you began to recognize that you you know even had an eating disorder or a struggle with food Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, um, grew up going to church and had a really um, solid biblical background. I was homeschooled and constantly doing stuff at church. Um, So I was always supported by my loving parents and sisters and people at church and friends. And um, I had a really good childhood um, and I'm blessed to have grown up the way I did. Um, I became a Christian when I was four, so I was really young. But when I was about um, about 15 or 16, I started struggling with an eating disorder. And at the time, I didn't realize I was. Um, but for a couple years, I just started to go down like an unhealthy path of starving myself and focusing a lot on how I looked and how much I weighed. 
and exercise and clothing and all these all these pretty harmful um, mindsets and patterns just kind of consumed me. Um, so I was in high school when that happened, um, and that lasted for a couple of years till I was about to enter, um, about to finish my senior year of high school um, and start college. So even though I had a really good childhood, um, it's just something that happened gradually over time. Um, and just a general dissatisfaction with my body. And that kind of grew, um, grew deeper and deeper over, over several years. What, what would you say? I mean, is there, was there like, what was the influence? Do you think, was it, was it being in school? Was it friends? What, what types of influences, what was influencing your disapproval of your, yourself and your body? Yeah, I can't really point to one thing in particular. Um, but I do think that um, it was definitely Satan's influence on my life um, and me letting mm-hmm. him influence how I thought um, and how I viewed myself. And that really took a toll on me over time. Um, and so maybe he um, started to introduce those things. Like I, I kind of had a dissatisfaction with my body for a, a while, but it really took root when I was, like I said, about 15 or 16 years old. Um, so it's definitely when I let him influence me and tell me lies and I believed lies. Um, and I just kind of gave up the fight against them. Um, but also I was stressed about going to college far from home. I don't know if that had a factor in it or not, but I was planning to go away to college, um, away from home, try something new. Um, it was several hundred miles from home and I never, really done anything like that. Like I said, I was homeschooled, so I didn't even go to public school during the day. Um, So it was going to be a big transition for me, and I was really tight with my family. So I don't know if that kind of, like, feelings of, feelings of um, out of controlness um, kind of influenced my desire for control um, to ultimately try to control my size and my weight. Um, That could have had a factor in it as well I don't know for sure but um definitely could have been a trigger yeah that I mean I think putting those together seems pretty likely that that's probably what it was um were you were you officially diagnosed or like how did treatment I mean would you say do you know do you have (laughs) tongue-tied um do you did you have anorexia did you have a specific eating disorder um, and how was that diagnosed? Yeah, that diagnosis came when I was about 18 or 19. I don't remember for sure, but um, I eventually, um, I was, like I mentioned, about 18 when my parents said, we're going to get you some help. Um, you need to go talk to a counselor. And so I did. Um, that was... Um, during the summer when I was 17. And then when I turned 18, about that time, we went to see a nutritionist and kind of got serious about my recovery. Um, Seeing a counselor was helpful, but it wasn't really producing the results that uh, my family wanted to see. Um, And I was still Mm -hmm. at an unhealthy place. So that's when we started going to the nutritionist. And eventually that led to me seeing an eating disorder specialist and he diagnosed me with anorexia, yes. Um, okay. So at that point, I'd been struggling for a few years, and I was technically recovering, um, 
but as we'll talk a little bit about, um, that was really just my physical recovery. Um, and when I was starting to regain weight. Okay. So if I can backtrack, how did anorexia show up in your everyday life that prompted your family to say, okay, we see these signs. This isn't, it doesn't seem to be healthy or we feel that this is concerning. What did it look like? Yeah, I um, I definitely had a fixation on food um, and would often um, try to avoid what other people were eating. So I was very... Uh, much a restrictor and not that I wouldn't eat meals or um, you know go out to dinner with my family or you know go to a potluck at church or eat a meal with friends it wasn't like I wouldn't eat at all but I was very picky about what I ate um, tried to limit tried to eat a lot of you know low calorie foods um, when I was eating with other people so that that's one thing and then eventually you know I did start to gradually lose weight so that's what prompted my family to express concern. Um, and it was noticeable that I was um, losing weight, didn't really have even much of a figure anymore. Um, so even though I'd, I'd been healthy up until that point when I started struggling, like I'd always had a healthy body, doctor never expressed concerns about me being overweight. I, I thought I was overweight. Um, when I started taking action to try to have a better body, essentially. Um, that's what my parents started noticing. I would sometimes too, like, I, I think my mood dropped, um, if that makes sense. Uh, sometimes feel more depressed, more down, more, um, more withdrawn. Um, and I think that's another thing that prompted them to say, hey, you're not really, you know, yourself, are you okay? Yeah, like lower energy, just not motivated to connect. Yeah, and yeah. my personality is more um, naturally kind of silly and fun. Um, and even though I'm introverted, like I like having a good time and I like being goofy. So they noticed, hey, Grace isn't being her her normal silly self. She's a little more withdrawn. I think that might have also been, like I said, a factor in them noticing what was going on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um and so you kind of described how anorexia made life difficult for you. Would you add anything to that? I mean, it, it made it um, really difficult in the fact that I was always keeping track of, like, constantly monitoring what I ate and how much I exercised, like, constantly focused on those things. Um, so I would say practically, like, it just took a lot of my energy and brain power, um, and it made it difficult in that I was constantly hiding. Um, so I had to constantly be thinking, how can I keep this from so-and-so? How can I keep this a secret? How can I um, hide this and um, make sure no one finds out? So that also took a lot of energy. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier uh, in the show that the enemy would tell you lies. And what kind of lies did you start to believe? Because I know I've believed a lot of lies. They could be totally different lies than what you heard because he knows what to say to each of us because he knows kind of our weakness, weak spots, you know. And um, so what what did you hear? Yeah, well, I do think, you know, some of it was um, taking my he kind of took my insecurities I already had that were just there at the surface, like general dissatisfaction and 
you know, just not loving how I looked. And I think he took that and he ran with it. Um, so I, I believed lies about that. I was, I mean, I, I kind of already mentioned like ugly and needed to lose weight and I should have a different body. Um, and he took those and he lied and he kept lying and I listened and kept listening. And, um, there was really nothing wrong with my body. Um, even if there had been, nothing would have been wrong with it. Even if I had, um, been like medically overweight, there still would have been nothing wrong with my body in and of itself. Like we are still all made in God's, God's image and he makes each of us individually and uniquely. Um, and I also believe the lie that enacted on the lie that my body was the most important thing. Um, more important mm -hmm. than my relationship with God or my family or my friends or anything. Um, my body had to be the most important in that if I could become a certain weight or have a certain size or have a certain body type, like once I got there, I would be happy. And that was also a lie that I believed. So good. Um, so Grace, let's move back into the type of help you received. So you were kind of na um, navigating toward nutritionist, dietitian, um, counseling wasn't going as deep as it you needed it to. So then what, what was the next step in your treatment and your re, uh, you know path to recovery? Yeah, I saw, like you said, a Christian counselor. I actually saw two, um, did a little switching back and forth. And um, they they actually, like, they did have um, a positive impact. And um, I'll get to one of those, um, one of the activities my Christian counselor gave me to do that really helped. Um, but also, like I said, an eating disorder specialist, I saw him a few times. He wasn't a local um doctor so we you know made a special a few special trips to see him and then my general practitioner played a big role I saw him frequently um I had a few scans at the hospital so those you know some people at the hospital had a part in my recovery um my nutritionist yeah and of course um my family played a huge role um they were very very in favor of recovery and supported me through that. Um, they really were the impetus for my recovery because I didn't see that I had a problem. I didn't think I needed to recover. And so they were really the impetus for that. And even when I was kicking and screaming, they, they kept me going. Um, and you know, just kept me, um, kept me on track. And yeah, my, my nutritionist had a meal plan for me and a, you know, exercise, plan things like that. Um, those all practically speaking, um, really helped me recover. So you had a team, a support team around you, including your family. There was so much connection. There were people there to help you up when you were really struggling. There were people there to, to speak truth into your life that we forget. It's like, sometimes we don't even know the truth because we've been been believing lies for so long we can't even see it and it takes those people um who can see it to remind us of that truth and it sounds like you really had that now um i do like to ask this question did you find support in your church or did you reach out to them with this did they know you were struggling they didn't um at least not really that i know of because i was so secretive about the whole thing um, I didn't want people to know. I didn't want people to ask me. 
the only thing I wanted people to ask me was, um, you know, have you lost weight? You look so good. And yeah. that's not a good question um, <laughs> for an anorexic to be asked um, because um, that's it shouldn't be the goal. Um, and it shouldn't yeah. have been my focus. I really didn't. Other, um, other than my family, really, I didn't get um, friends involved or people at my church involved. Um, for the most part, I tried to keep it a secret um, until I wrote the book and then things changed but for that yeah. for several years i um i didn't tell people that i had struggled not even family members like my grandparents or aunts and uncles um mm. just immediate family and okay so i want to pause here and say this is the fourth episode fourth installment of our hello freedom summer road trip series and that is the same answer that all four overcomers have shared that they did not reach out their church was not supported it wasn't that they weren't supportive they didn't know about Mm -hmm. the the struggle because this is my story too we didn't let them in we 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 were afraid to open up and that makes me sad yeah that makes me sad and I, i just like my my first thought is well you know will the church the capital C church, will they know how to respond? Will they say the right things or the wrong things? Like, you know, like that's my human nature. I'm just going to be honest. I'm a sinner. Like I'm a, I'm a human. And that's my, my first thought is being at executive director of finding balance, you know, worrying that will they say the right thing? Will they not? Um, could it help? Uh, listen, it, we are a family. We are the body of Christ. And, um, and to be sharing, to open up and and share these struggles that we're going through. We don't always have the right thing to say. God's not even asking us to always say the right thing at the right time. Like, he's not asking us for that. He wants us to turn to him, to bring these, support each other, bring these issues to the altar, lay them at his feet and, and put it in his hands because it's in his hands, right? Um, once you released your book, did you hear people, I mean, what was the response of people who didn't know you struggled to find out? Did I mean, was it overwhelmingly like, whoa, I didn't know you were going through this? Or, or what was that response? I did get, I mean, a little bit of that, like, oh, you struggled with that? I didn't even know. Um, or just when people found out other ways, even if it wasn't directly related to the book. There was, there was sometimes surprise, but a lot of it was just kind of ex- not even surprised, just kind of accepting Grace struggled with this and God brought her out of that and she wrote a book about it. Um, yeah. And it's it's been cool to see that there hasn't been, um, I thought at first, and this is a lie Satan tells us as well, that if we open up um, and share struggles that will be rejected and people will treat us differently yeah. and all these kinds of things. Um, and sometimes that can happen because, like you said, people are people and we're fallen. But the church, when acting as Jesus would, when, you know, choosing what Jesus would choose, like people are going to support you um, and help you recover, you know, and not hopefully not um, not reject you for having struggled with something um, if you're trying to move on from it and um I really appreciate the feedback I've gotten on the book and when people have said, you know, 
thanks for sharing your story and thanks for your honesty. I, um, I really can only do that because people have had a positive response. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's been really a blessing for me to get positive response and instead of, Oh, Grace struggled with that. Like, mm, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right, the judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been overall very positive and I, I'm thankful. That's so, so good. I love that you shared that. And, and friends, if you do let others in and you find that there are some that don't support you or do judge you or don't understand it or get offended or there's all, listen, we all have emotions. There's all kinds of things. We don't know what it's stirring up. Someone else may have been struggling to, may be actively struggling to with an eating disorder or some other thing that as you're sharing that, it's bringing it up in them. Maybe they're terrified to seek help or to acknowledge that they have a problem too, or um, just know that that's where they are right now. Give them grace, open-handedness. You focus on the healing that you need. Don't let the enemy come in and and cause um, you know a division. You're not the manager of their feelings or their emotions. I'm working on that myself. And um and just just free yourself by continuing to take one step at a time toward your next right step, whatever that looks like wherever God's calling you. So, Grace, let's talk through the differences between physical recovery and mental, emotional, spiritual recovery. That's a huge part of my book as you know. Um I like to yeah. di- differentiate between those um different areas because they are different and it's sometimes easiest, not easy, but easiest of those options to <laughs> knock out the physical because it's, it's in my case, was like purely eating more and exercising less and all that balanced out. And I regained the weight within about six months. So that was fairly straightforward. But the in the meantime, as I was doing that, my, my mindset was just terribly, terribly negative and my perspective and my attitude um we're just not not God honoring. I was uh, definitely very self centered, very self focused during that time, um, and I was still believing lies. Um, so our spiritual recovery um, and mental recovery and emotional recovery also have an important role in our lives. And um, I believe personally, for a lot of people who have an eating disorder and decide to fit like recover that their physical recovery sometimes has to come first. Um, I was in an unhealthy place. I could not lose any more weight. So I had to physically recover first and the mental and emotional and spiritual recovery followed. Um, those took years. There was no light bulb moment. It just kind of happened over time and God brought me to a better place, um, in all those areas. Um, but like I said, I had to physically recover first um, in order to be even in order to even be able to see clearly and think clearly. Um, I had to have the nutrients my body needed to to process things and see things um, more more realistically. Um, so that's not to downplay emotional or spiritual or mental recovery. I think all those aspects are incredibly important. Um, but I do think they sometimes take a lot longer than the physical recovery. Yeah, I like that you said it just it was it basically wasn't a light bulb moment. It didn't just happen all at once. 
and there is a process and it isn't easy. Like none of this, none of this is meant to discourage anyone. You hear that it's hard. It Wouldn't you rather know, okay, this is kind of what it's going to be like. I, I already have this expectation. It's not going to be easy, but I keep hearing the same thing. There is hope. It is worth it. Recovery is is difficult and worth it. Like all of these people are sharing their stories one after another, saying the same thing. It was hard. It was difficult. It was challenging. I wanted to quit, but I didn't. And God helped me through it. And I had support of my family. That's the same theme. Um, you've got to hang in there. And it doesn't happen all at once. It it adds up one step at a time. Over time. And, and it's this metamorphosis like a butterfly. Yeah. So how did you see God show up for you and your family during this whole difficult process? Truth be told, I didn't see him showing up really during. Um, I think that's maybe a, um, something that I honestly was angry about, frustrated about um, as I was recovering. And it's not only in hindsight that I can see where God was moving. So you say, I was angry about. You were expecting God to show up in a certain way. He wasn't showing up in that way. And that made you angry. That's what you're saying? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The reason I wrote the book, I I expected recovery to look one way. It looked very different. Um, And so I was angry that God wasn't showing up in the way I wanted him to, (laughs) as is often the case. Yes. Um, Yeah. And that's so often the case with just general struggles and um, trials that we go through. We want him to act immediately um, when we want him to act. And that's not often the case. Um, So I can see in hindsight that he was working really through, I would say the biggest ways were through my family, my support team, my my doctor and counselors and nutritionists, all of their pouring into me, all the times they poured into me, um, I think is how he worked. He was placing specific people in my life who I needed. Um, and at the time, I didn't recognize how valuable their, um, their support was, but I can see it now. Um, yeah, and that yeah. he was placing them in my path in my life for a reason. Um, so even though recovery didn't happen the way I anticipated. Um, I, I know he was working. He's always working in the background. Um, and over time he shows us little, little glimpses of, Hey, I'm working here. I'm working here. I've worked here. You know, I will work here. Um, we just have to trust that. And that was really hard for me. Yeah. And, and it's our loving God. He's a good, good father. Right. And so he's just, he, he allows us to sit in those feelings, process those emotions, be frustrated and angry as he continues working because he knows he, he he built those feelings into us. He designed those feelings to process through um, and he kept doing what he knew he needed to do. So I just love um, I love just his sweet grace that he gives us, just allows us to sit in it as hard as it is, as frustrating as it is. Um, So Grace, what were the most impactful and helpful ways that your family supported you? Through not giving up, which may seem really basic, but 
um, I was a pain in the butt to be with for about five <laughs> long years. And um, because this happened when I was young, I mean, I still live at home, but um, this started happening, you know, when I was in high school, still living at home. Mm-hmm. It was happening kind of away from home, but when I was at college, but still, you know, coming home on breaks to be at home with my family. Um, and they never threw in the towel. They never said, okay, Grace, you have just, we've had enough of you. Um, we've had enough of this. Yeah. Like it was sometimes they told me things that were hard to hear and hurt. Um, but they weren't actually hurtful things. It was the way that I was, um, perceiving them. And I was thinking, oh, they said that, no, like, you know, this, this is how they feel about my recovery. And I'm just, you know, I'm never going to get through this. And I kind of gave into despair. Um, and they, they loved me in spite of it. They supported me in spite of it. They were constant, um, consistent in the things that were hard for me to hear and felt hurtful in the moment were actually exactly what I needed to get to the point of healthy again, if that makes sense. Um, things that I didn't want to believe, um, the truth that I needed to believe, they told me that. So good. I mean, that's unconditional love. Truth speakers reminding you of the truth. Bec- and, and it's hard when you're believing the lies and you've got this Satan's narrative that he's trying to, you know. It, yes. Ah, so, oh, that's so, so true. I get yes, it, it feels yeah. like it feels like oh my like these these lies my family's telling me and you know it's like the antenna are up and and um satan doesn't want you to believe a word of it um but yeah. in reality it's the truth and it's the hard truth it's it feels like it hurts so much and it feels so hard to to swallow because i mean i was ingrained in the lies the lies were ingrained in me i should say um yeah. and oh, in yeah. that mindset i had that like really really skewed mindset and so um eventually i you know discovered hey they say this for my good they say this for my recovery and it's a it's a mindset shift over time um but without them like my mindset never would have shifted and satan does um just a warning like to anyone listening he does um sound the alarms when the truth is is spoken um Ooh, and that's good he, he makes the truth sound like a lie and the lies sound like truth so um just letting readers know to be to be aware of that to be on the alert against that oh you love it that that will be a clip that will be shown because that's good he he twists things oh man does he does he skew things and that's why it's important to have, to be armed with biblical truth with biblical with scripture holy god's holy word that helps us prepare for these battles so that makes me want to ask grace like were there scriptures or christ-centered activities um did you have prayer partners was there certain kinds of encouragement um was there financial blessing that happened um that helped you and your family through this process i wish i had given um given god more of a chance um in Mm. in um my recovery um if that makes sense i i really kind of because like i said that the timeline for recovery and the way it was happening wasn't um going my way and so i was very um very inwardly bitter 
um, at the time. And I would say just that the, the most important thing that I kind of learned or gleaned during that process was, um, again, from, from my support team. And I mean, one specific activity, um, I remember was super simple. Uh, my counselor told me to write down a truth and a lie, really a lie. I was believing in the truth to combat it. And for me, that was very specific things that Satan was telling me about my body and all sorts of, you know, untrue messages I was believing. Um, but it can really vary depending on the person. So, um, I encourage anyone listening. I, I really like that, like that activity, not in the moment, in the moment I was disgusted and I was like, this is a waste of time. And, um, all, (laughs) you know, all the, all the pushback, um, again, kicking and screaming. But as I did it over time, um, God did open my eyes to, to things like, Hey, your body is not the most important thing in the world. Um, and you, it is, you know, it has a place, it has a value, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Um, and there are things that matter more than food and more than how many minutes you're on the treadmill and, um, what size is on your, you're on your jeans. Like there's more to life than that. Um, so over time doing this activity, like I think that did, that did help in the long term, and you can definitely include scripture in that. The Bible has so many important truths. Um, the way that we view the world and we view ourselves and we view other people and, comparison um and our priorities different things like that that are all related to body image so those can definitely play a role in in writing down truths um to combat lies yeah so good so think of the girl that was really struggling the girl that was but i just want to also thank you for your re like your raw real vulnerable transparent story that you're sharing like you could give us the high level but you're you're owning it like i was bitter i was not fun to be around you know it wasn't the best version of yourself at the moment but that's reality and that helps so so other people can feel less isolated and alone in their struggle knowing i don't want to be like this i don't want to snap at people i don't want to be low energy and never feel like getting out of bed but i don't know what else to do Oh, she struggled with that too. Like that really helps. So if you could go back and tell, you know, go back in time and tell your younger self some words of encouragement, you know, what would you say to her? Definitely that um, we, we all have a different, um, we all have different bodies. We all have different body types and different, um, different DNA. God made us each differently. Um, everyone's going to look a little different because none of us have the same DNA. Um, it's literally in our makeup, um, how God made us. And another thing is just that recovery is, is worth the effort that you put in. Um, the daily decisions I had to make to recover on all levels, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, emotionally, all, all the different ways. Um, each daily decision leads to recovery. So it's, may not be an overnight process. Um, it probably won't be for a few people. It, it is really fast, but for the majority, I would say it, it just happens, um, over a gradual period of time. If you 
if you dedicate your your decisions to God and choose to just make healthy decisions, um, daily decisions that that will lead to recovery, and it's worth all the all the challenges that that come along the way. Oh, so good! I love it. What, is there anything that you would add to that? Because um, really, that could that that applies to younger Grace, and that applies to someone who's listening who is where younger Grace was at the time. Um, would you do you have any other additional words of hope? I guess for those who are currently battling eating issues. Yeah, um, I mean that God doesn't want us to stay stuck there. Um, and he may not, um, he may not give you the, you know, overnight recovery. He may not wave the magic wand, um, but ultimately he does want you to recover. Um, because as, as body image and eating and exercise and those different things become idols, um, he wants you to recover. He wants you to put him first again. Um, and I, I truly believe that, um, he will help you get there, um, he wants that for your life. He doesn't want you to stay stuck. Um, so don't don't give up just because Satan tells you it's time to throw in the towel um, or because you just feel like throwing in the towel, like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, over time, it'll happen, um, but don't give up. That's really good. And for, I know we have parents um, and loved ones who are you know someone they care about is struggling with an eating disorder um maybe they they're hoping that they can get them into treatment but there's some resistance um because you've gone through it and you have seen your family your parents like you've kind of already shared some of this with um the great things that they did that were hard for you to receive but helped you now on this other side of you know it, walking in freedom you can see that it helped you what would you want parents or loved ones that are supporting someone to know what what is some good advice that you know you would encourage them to to steps to take or things they could say or do that would help I think that um I mean it's it's hard to know everything my parents went through because I mean I'm not a parent and um I don't have a child who has an eating disorder but I think just from from this side of it um from struggling with it myself, um, I would encourage parents, um, you know, spouses, loved ones, whoever of of someone who's struggling to to keep bringing it to God. First of all, um, I know my parents did that, um, especially on the hard days when I didn't make any sense and I just was doing just was doing such unhealthy things, um, such destructive um, things against my body really um they they constantly brought it to god and even when i um gave up when i felt like giving up when i actually gave up when i gave in um to how i was feeling um they remained steady and they they didn't um they didn't waver from the truth that um that god loved me and wanted me to to follow him and follow him in obedience. Um, they kept bringing me back to scripture. They kept, um, praying for me. Those are two of the most important things. Um, and they, they really devoted so much time, um, and effort that I so appreciate now, um, to just helping me get better. 
It's so good. Yes. Oh, I love that. So all of those things together brought you to the place where you're now walking in freedom from anorexia. So in what ways are, you know, is God using this to impact um, this freedom to impact his kingdom in your life? When um, I was in the midst of recovering, I started jotting down notes for a book and that eventually became the book you mentioned, Real Recovery, What Eating Disorder Recovery Actually Looks Like. Um, so he used those notes. They were random scribblings at the time, and they were just, you know, all over the place and so disorganized. But I jotted stuff down, the ways I was feeling, the thoughts I was having, um, the things I was struggling with during recovery. And eventually that um, became a book. And so I'm just really thankful that those hard things um, turned into a, a hopefully a, a really helpful resource for other people who are also recovering um, or who haven't started recovery yet but are considering recovery. It's um, it's been a good in a way. Um, recovery has been a great outlet for writing for me. Um, I process through mm-hmm. writing. I process my emotions and my thoughts through writing. So. Um, just writing that book and writing different um, articles and blog posts and all those kinds of things. He's given me the words to say because of the recovery process. He's given me words to say through that. It's so healing that that whole process. I I mean, I can see it in you as we're talking Um, the the healing journey kind of unfolding before us, you know, like packaged up, like here's what it was. And it was really hard. And God's using it for good. Um, So friend, if you're listening and feeling like you're in that place of like, I really want to step out of the boat, but I'm terrified um, to walk on water. I know I'm going to sink. All of that. I encourage you to get Grace's book, Real Recovery, What Eating Disorder Recovery Actually Looks Like. So you can know, like you've heard her story high level, and I know she goes deeper in the book. So um, I encourage you to get that. We'll link it in the show notes along with her blog, Tizzy's Tidbits of Truth. And that was a nickname your dad gave you. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. yeah had Tizzy. Name, nickname for, for forever. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I love that. Um, so so I just encourage you um, to, to see those links in the show notes and, and go check those out. And uh, Grace, as we wrap up, will you describe with us the last time you experienced true freedom? What did it look like? I think um, because um, I've been supported and encouraged by so many people, it's um, been cool recently to be able to encourage other people um, with, you know, encouragement for recovery. Um, And there's one college student in particular who um, I met and connected with, and she struggled. Thankfully, she's, you know, in the healing process, but she, um, when I met her, um, I had been talking about my book and she, you know, came up to me and she said, oh, like, I want to get a copy. Um, And we texted and communicated a bit after the fact. And she, um, I just recently sent her um, a, basically the same thing my counselor told me to do right down the lies you're believing right down the truth you're believing um and just getting that opportunity to hopefully help her help her recover through the advice and guidance that i was given during recovery was just such a a cool experience for me 
um, to see how God's working there and to really feel like I am recovering, like God's gotten me through this. So, okay, that is full circle. I love that so much. Thinking back to like when you were the one, and I think we, like, I don't know if there's ever a time where we would stop, where we should stop writing down truth, lies, and and combating it with truth, right? (laughs) Because as long as we have breath, we should be doing that, like making sure and fact checking and um, fact checking. And, but, but that's a full, full circle moment. And a true freedom moment to know I am healed. I'm declaring my my healing even when, you know, temptations come my way or the enemy tries to throw some lies and and I don't want to be off, you know, caught off guard. I'm going to remember and I'm going to help others start implementing this in their life so they can know true freedom. So good. Grace, thank you so much for being on the, the the show. I'm just so glad that you were here, and um, and I pray that that all of those technical issues we had before, uh, you know, don't even matter clearly because we were able to do this, and uh, and I pray that someone is able to take those next steps. Uh, to finding treatment. Um, if you aren't sure where to go, if you want Christ-centered help, if you really, if you know, Christ-centered, biblical-based truth and professionals is what you're seeking, ChristianTreatmentFinder.com. We have a website called ChristianTreatmentFinder.com where you can go and find um, professionals that are skilled in eating disorders, body image struggles, and that type of um of thing that can help you. So uh, we encourage you to go there. Grace, thanks again so much. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. For over 20 years, Finding Balance has been helping people walk in freedom by discovering where Jesus fits into their struggles with food and body image. If you want more biblical truth and encouragement, head on over to FindingBalance.com and subscribe to our free daily vitamin devotional. While you're there, explore our Christ-centered Lasting Freedom online course and small group tools. You can help keep this ministry going by donating today at FindingBalance.com. See you next time. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe a particular course of action. If you or someone you care about is battling an eating disorder and is experiencing unmanageable thoughts or feelings, please call 911 if in the U.S. or visit your nearest emergency room.